Have you ever thought about writing a book or maybe you have an idea for a book, but you know that there is just no way you could ever sit down and write it? Have you ever heard of a ghostwriter? No, not like the show from the 90s. (laughs) Well, today's episode is for you. I asked all the questions I know you want to know the answers to. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, CEO, nonprofit director, or just an incredible person who is trying to change the world with what they do for a living. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for your career, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Joshua Lysak, the world's only award-winning, celebrity-recommended, number one international best-selling certified professional ghostwriter. He is the founder of The Entrepreneur's Wordsmith, Ohio's first certified professional ghostwriter, and a multiple-time number one international best-selling ghostwriter. He's also been a contributor to Forbes as a ghostwriter, a TEDx speaker, and he is a two-time published novelist. Now, he has taken his gift, his gift of being able to put a pen to paper or, I guess, fingers to typewriter and write books, and he is using it to create change and impact so many people as a ghostwriter. Today's conversation was so fascinating, and I learned so much, so I know that you're going to love it. On to my conversation with Joshua. Welcome to the show, Joshua. How are you today? Hey, Molly, it's dandy to be here. I'm pretty psyched for our conversation. I am really psyched because you have an occupation that I think a lot of people are pretty fascinated by. Um, And I'm just going to go into full disclosure mode. It's an occupation I am fascinated by, and that is you are a professional ghostwriter. And um, you are just somebody who has you are using your talents and abilities as a writer to serve other people. And, and it's just it's it's a it's an industry I have always been kind of enamored with um, or fascinated by in so many different ways. Um, and so I'm just so excited to hear your story. And um, so in order to do that, we're going to actually dive right in and I'm going to have you give us what I call the Joshua 101. So tell us who you are and kind of how you got started ghostwriting. Yes, yes. So not only am I a a ghostwriter, I'm the world's only award-winning celebrity recommended number one international best-selling certified professional ghostwriter. Oh, that is amazing. Can you say that again? Because that is, that's amazing. Sure thing, sure thing. So uh, I am indeed an award-winning, an award-winning writer. Uh, I've been recommended by celebrities, not only uh, personally by celebrities as as like, this is the guy to go to for ghostwriting, but also um, famous authors and whatnot have endorsed books that I have written. Uh, I have had a track record of number one international bestsellers, even books that have sold not like two or three copies to rank in a category on Amazon, but tens of thousands of copies uh, a month after the release of the book. In addition to that, I am a certified professional ghostwriter. Um, There is a university, California State University, Long Beach. They are the only um, academically sponsored ghostwriting training program in the world. To my knowledge, there's been only about 50 people who've completed this difficult program. Basically, it's 
it's not so much like, oh, you get educated, learn how to be a ghostwriter. Rather, you demonstrate professional proficiency as a ghostwriter, complete this master's degree level program, and earn your professional certification. I'm the first and only one in Ohio. That is amazing. That is amazing. I mean, to have that really incredible, uh, that, that byline is pretty impressive, I have to say. Um, so I would just love to know, how did you know that this was something that you were interested in doing? At what age did you realize you were really good at writing? And how did, like, when did it ever even occur to you that this could be an option as a career? Yes, yes. So my story goes back to when I was a kid. I loved, loved reading the, the, the both the children's and the adult stories, uh, the novels by C.S. Lewis, the Course Chronicles of Narnia, as well as the Space Trilogy. Basically, before there was the sci-fi genre, there was C.S. Lewis yeah. <laughs> writing the Space Trilogy. Highly recommended for people who want Narnia for adults. In any case, reading those books as a, as a kid, I wanted to become a novelist myself. I was so inspired by those stories. Well, it turns out that before I was the ripe old age of 21, I was in fact 20 years old, I had a two-book deal with an independent publishing house out of Washington, D.C. Right around that time, I started a freelance writing business. I always had a knack for writing, being homeschooled. You tend to be uh, well-versed in communication, written communication. And so I decided to put, uh, put that skill to use, make a little bit of cash on the side. And funny thing happened. I'm promoting these novels out and about sharing the, the good news. I'm taking selfies with fans, signing books, autographs, all that good stuff, speaking on panels about my book. And a couple of my clients independently reached out to me and they said, hey, Joshua, so we, uh, we went and checked out your, your novel. We really liked it. We just like, pulled in. It's past midnight and we're still reading it. Love how this, book, how this book reads. It's very compelling. Can you help me do the same? I don't want to write a novel, they said. I want to share my story, my experiences. Uh, a couple of uh, preachers later reached out to me and said the same thing. Hey, we'd like to share our testimony in the book. Can you help us out? And at first, I, I was kind of taken aback. I had never heard of the profession of ghostwriting, <laughs> as strange as it is to say that now. I just hadn't at the time. And so I initially didn't know that there was such a way to help them. And then I looked up this thing called ghostwriting. And one thing led to another. I said, Yes, okay, fine, I'll help you with your book. And I've been saying, yes, okay, fine, I'll help you with your book, 40 books later. That's amazing. That is amazing. Now, I, you know, it wasn't until, okay, so I don't know how much this will date me or not, but um, I loved the show Ghostwriter as a kid. <laughs> so um, for those that are like, what is the show Ghostwriter? Also, apparently they're doing a reboot of it on like Hulu or Netflix, maybe. Um, but Ghostwriter as a kid was about these like this group of teenagers who would solve mysteries. And there was like a composition book that um, like a, go a literal ghost <laughs> would write in to give them clues for the whatever crime they were trying to solve. <laughs> um, and so no lie, when I was in, I think it was when I was in late high school or early college, 
somebody had talked about um, working or, or like they they had read a book that they had heard was written by a ghostwriter. And I was like, wait, what? Like it, it was written by a ghost. Like, I just was really confused <laughs> and didn't realize that ghostwriting was a thing. And so I'm, I've just ever since that I've been fascinated by the the idea of it. And I realized that just, you know, there are a lot of people that have a story to tell, but they're not innately like they're just writing is not their gift um they they have this incredible story they have this this message that they want to get out to the world and they aren't necessarily equipped with the skills to actually write it and put it in a book so it makes complete sense that they would hire somebody to do that um you know what does that process usually look like like when you know, obviously, I know that you can't name like you know, celebrities or 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 you know famous people that you've written books for. But how does that process typically kind of play out from the time that somebody says, "Okay, I have this message I want to get out to the world, but I can't do the writing myself." How do they get connected with you? How how does that pro- like how do you work with them to craft a, a book that sounds like them, and so on and so forth. Yes, Molly, you bring up a great point, and that's why people will work with a ghostwriter. We'll talk about that process from going from vague ideas for a book to a published masterpiece. But first, you brought up the point about why people enlist a ghostwriter's help in the first place. And yes, there are people who just don't quite have the the, the knack for for writing. You know, maybe maybe uh, an email is no problem. You know, a blog post is no problem. Uh, even sermons are no problems. But when you think about three hundred pages. Of material to come up with you find yourself in a strange paradox you open up word you type chapter one and then at that moment as soon as your finger presses the number one you know everything you could write about like there's a vast library of topics you could pull out yet for some reason you don't know exactly what to say and so it's that self-censorship self-critical spirit self editing that blocks a lot of authors from manifesting an amazing book. And this isn't just first-time authors this affects. I work with authors who've been traditionally published, they've gotten book deals uh, on previous works, critically acclaimed even, bestsellers. And when they come to their second book or third book, it's just not quite the same. And they find themselves self-editing and being critical, knowing what people have said about their previous works. And so they, they get into a place where they just, they need to step away and speaking like an entrepreneur who wants to work on their business, not in their business, authors want to work on their book, not in their book. Your job, your effort, your energy as the author should really go towards the impact you want your book to have, that high level goal of the book, rather than does this adverb go here or here in the sentence. That is such a great point. And I would have never thought about it that way. So and 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 also really fascinating to think that there are authors who have previously written a book themselves who then might reach out to a ghostwriter. So once let's say celebrity X or well-known person X reaches out to you and connects with you, what does the process usually look like for kind of you essentially in a lot of ways you have to get inside of their head? and really extract that message out of them um, to be able to write it. So what does that process usually look like? Yes, the immediate first step, Molly, is a free manuscript strategy session. This answers a couple of questions. Number one, 
should you be writing a book at all? Sometimes the answer is no, in which case I'll pleasantly release the person from the call. If the answer is yes, then what do readers want from your book? And this is a different question than uh, I know a lot of folks would ask an aspiring author, you know, what do you want to write about? We take it from a different perspective. What do your readers want? And there's some research methods that we employ uh, as, as the ghostwriter, the professional ghostwriter here, to find out what do your future readers want from the next book they read in your category? Because the last thing you want to do is write a book that nobody wants to read. It can't sell itself. People see the title and say, what the heck is that all about, right? But it can sell itself on its own merit. People take a look at the table of contents and they say, wow, that's amazing. I have to buy this book. So in order to answer that question for you, what should your book be about? We'll take care of that in the manuscript strategy session. So that way, the biggest question as an author, what is my book going to be about? I'm not quite sure. I just know I need one. We'll answer that in 60 minutes or less. That's the very first step. At that point, if it makes sense to, to work together as the, you know, the, the confidant ghostwriter, also known as a therapist, <laughs> as many of my clients call me, the personal <laughs> therapist, not just a ghostwriter, we'll get into uh, the, the we'll, we'll, we'll go the step-by-step -step process of writing a book. So we don't have a few conversations over a weekend, I disappear for six months, come back with the manuscript. Rather, it's an iterative process. In the first month of work together, our job is to know exactly what this book is going to cover, what it's going to deliver, how it's going to transform people's lives, mindsets, businesses, health, whatever the specific topic is. And then what we'll do in the months afterwards, typically one chapter a week for several months. So we'll hop on a, we'll hop on a call. Um, we'll review the chapter that's been, that's been produced. Everything that I write is in the voice of the author. So I'm not just repeating, you know, what's, what's been transcribed from a conversation we've had, but rather what I'm doing is I'm saying, hey, what is it that you are trying to say? If you were the uncensored version of yourself, the authentic version of yourself, how would you tell this story? And oftentimes it's a third party person who's better at doing that because they're not so close and have a lot of uh, emotions and feelings stirred up around the topic. So the chapter reads like you wrote it. You can't even tell with the ghostwriter. That's that you work with the ghostwriter. My clients are always telling me that like, it's not just what I wanted to say. It's the best version of what I could have said. Not quite sure how you did that, Joshua, they say, but let's, let's plow on forward with this. So that's the type of feedback that I often get. We go chapter by chapter, again, an iterative process. Uh, we get to the manuscript, the, the, the full thing here. What we'll do is we line edit it according to the Chicago Manual of Style. This is what sets a self-published book uh, apart from a masterpiece that you would expect to see on the shelves, on a bestseller list is the stylistic considerations. Um, the Chicago Manual of Style is the you know, standard of the traditional publishing industry. So the final line edit to go from, from a draft to the real deal manuscript is edited according to Chicago Manual of Style. All the ways that you can entertain a reader, pull them in, make sure they don't lose interest, that's all worked into the manuscript. So it's not just a book, that someone writes for you, it's the best version of your book that someone could write for you. And of course, it's not just anything you could write about, it's 
only the topics you know your future readers want to hear from you. So it's the best version of yourself, and it's the most most uh, of commercially viable version of what you could have written. Now, you brought up something that I actually think is a really interesting question um, that that I don't think people necessarily who have wanted to write a book or have ever thought about writing a book have necessarily thought to ask themselves first. And that is, you said, does this need to be a book? And you said sometimes the answer is no. And so I'm kind of interested, what might be some of the factors that play into in, into that and into, you know what, I don't think that this is meant to be a book or this is maybe just a series of blog posts or whatever it is. Um, what kind of leads you to, to telling someone, yes, this should be a book or, or, you know what, I don't think that this is actually an idea for a book. Yes, yes. The answer to that is what I've called the J. Conrad Levinson rule. Uh, anyone who studied marketing or has gone to the marketing bookshelf on Amazon or at the library has heard of Guerrilla Marketing by J. Conrad Levinson, kind of the, the first book that was low or no cost advertising for small businesses. J. Conrad Levinson was asked how much that book made for him, which was an international bestseller. He said the book made him $10 million. Now, the royalties over like 30 years only paid about 30 grand, but the book opened the door for additional products, services, upsells, masterminds, consulting, coaching, speaking that accounted for that remaining $9.9 million. And so what we want to know is, are you able to follow the J. Conrad Levinson rule? That is, do you or could you have yourself as a keynote speaker that people can hire you now that you're an author? Are there programs or products that people can join or buy once they've read your book? Are there one-on-one -on -one services that you can offer? So it's not necessarily that you have to be an established expert entrepreneur or maybe even, um, let's say, a, a minister who has this whole like online course or something, but is there an additional step after people read the book? Even if it's one-on-one -on -one coaching or becoming a, a, a paid speaker for events that are on your topic. There must be some next step for you as an author to see a glorious return on investment in this process. And if there's really not ROI here, if it's just you know to kind of write a legacy book for your family or for your community, there's not, you know, you, if you'll be happy if it sells three copies, that's all, then it may not actually be best for you to, to write a book. But if you see, I'm, I want, I'm going to be a speaker, I'm going to do workshops, I'm going to bring this message of healing to the world through this method and that method. I'm going to do interviews. I'm going to, you know, like if, if there is an opening to something beyond the end, then it's probably makes sense for you to write a book because it's an easy first purchase from a ministry, from a community, from, from a, a business, you know, anywhere from a couple of bucks for the ebook to 20 bucks for the, the hardcover paperback and people are pulled into your message. They're persuaded to adopt a new way of thinking and being in the world. And they're excited to take that next step with your organization. I think Rick Warren of, of, of Saddleback Church, The Purpose Driven Life, did a really good job of this. 
taking uh, an impactful message and turning it into essentially a self-sustaining enterprise with those additional uh, premium resources for those who are interested. So that's a good way of how to turn a book into a profitable venture. If that's you, you probably need to write a book, friend. That's a really, really great distinction because I think sometimes people think that, you know, oh, you write a book and you sell all these copies and like, woo, you're bathing in money. And like, actually, most authors like don't actually make that much money off of their books. Uh, My mom was actually an author and her memoir was a New York Times bestseller. It inspired a TV show and (laughs) it, you know, we were for sure not rolling in the dough um you know so i i think there's there's just a very large misconception that um that it's it's something that is this quick money maker when it's not um now obviously if you're somebody like a rick warren who writes the purpose driven life or you're you know you know a Barack Obama, who sells his, you know, his, uh, his book or or Michelle Obama's becoming or whatever, like, I'm just trying to think of like, big bestsellers, things like that. Like, yeah, you might you might make some money off of it. But but ultimately, it's it's, it's more of a stepping stone to something else. Yes. And just like stepping stones across the creek, you want the stones to be there before you start walking. Mm, Ooh, that's, that's that's how you get to the revenue sooner yeah for yeah. example uh one particular author who's in the the, the marketing space that goes for the goes for the book for what we did is we we took we took a look at one of her premium courses and what we did is we we wrote a book that got people excited to implement what was in the course so we teach the what to do tons of examples a new way of marketing your organization your product your service yourself online we covered like basically this is the the new way to market and persuade online 101 that was essentially the textbook and something very exciting happened well, you can look at the metrics on kindle to see where people are in the ebook and we found that most people were stopping the book halfway through And hours later, they were showing up inside of her program, just as we designed. She did a testimonial video uh, about the the experience, actually, and she shared that over over the three months of the book being unavailable, she made over $300,000 from people reading the book and then joining one of her programs that that the book was designed to do. And she doesn't have an audience that's in the millions. Another example of an author, even more exciting, I think he only had about 2,000 people on an email list. He had a slightly higher priced um, online course that the book led readers to. He did a, a testimonial video explaining how the book generated $1 million in revenue over 12 months. It was directly resulting from the book. Not, And he even said, if, if there was not a book here, this additional revenue inside of my business would not have come to be. So even if you don't have a mega audience, you're not a former president, the ROI is absolutely there as long as those stepping stones are laid out first before you or as you become uh, one who's on the authorship journey. I'm going to take a quick break from my chat with Joshua just to thank our sponsor of the show. And that is no issue. 
Now, for my business owners, whether you have a business or brand and you ship things, if you ever ship things and you are a business or brand, trust me, No Issue is for you. No Issue is the online platform for designing and ordering custom, sustainable packaging for your business or brand. They have low minimum order quantities, which is awesome because it makes it accessible for businesses of all sizes. They have worldwide delivery in three weeks or less for free. And they have a team of designers on staff ready to help you make your customized packaging beautiful because it doesn't have to be ugly, even though it's sustainable. Um, Everything is compostable, recyclable, and the paper products are FSC certified. So check out noissue.co and use the coupon code PURPOSE15 for 15% off your first order. Now back to my chat with Joshua. There's another thing that you kind of mentioned that I think is a is it would be an interesting kind of conversation to have. And that's, um, you'd mentioned something about like when, when somebody picks up the book and they look at the title and they say like, well, what is this or whatever? And we, we always hear that cliche like, oh, don't judge a book by its cover. Or don't judge a book by its title. But we actually kind of know that that's not really that true. <laughs> like we do kind of judge books by covers and titles. And um, obviously if the, if the book has a bad title and a bad cover and it has amazing content and sure maybe some word of mouth but how do you what have you found is there like a a secret formula or have you have you learned over the years like what is it about what makes a book title or a a book cover like really suck people in and say hmm I want to check this out or I want to at least pick it up and look at the table of contents or read the summary or read some of the endorsements or whatever it is I love this question because I know you probably haven't heard the answer before. In fact, many of you listening, you, you haven't heard this this before in all the advice you've gotten on writing books, coming up with title generating covers, etc. It's a new mindset to adopt as you think about writing the book. And that mindset is this. It's a question, actually. And the answer is where that formula you're asking about comes in, Molly. The question is this. How could your book sell if you didn't market it at all? The answer is online search. When we go over to Google, we type in what it is that we're looking for. How to deal with the ki- how to deal with you know your kids' acne. You know how do you plant mushrooms in your backyard? How do you market your business online? How do you give a TEDx talk? All sorts of things we're looking for information about. Well, people are doing the same thing on Amazon on Barnes & Noble, Mm. on Goodreads, Audible, wherever people go to buy books. We're searching with intent. So think about the buyer's journey. If you're going and looking at books online, that means you're serious about learning a topic. There are certain search terms that people are typing in, and it's probably not your clever title you came up with late one night in the shower, friend. (laughs) Okay. It's how to ABC. It's how to this, how to that. So there's a fantastic tool you can get called Publisher Rocket. What Publisher Rocket does is you type in the the keywords around your book. And then what Publisher Rocket does is it looks at how many people a month use that and related search terms online, specifically for Amazon books. It doesn't just tell you that, the volume of how many people are looking for books like this on this topic. It also tells you if you rank on the top 
of the search results for that search term, how much you can make each month. It's an amazing tool because it actually tells you what book topics are profitable and which aren't. So what you'll do then, as you think about what is my book going to be about, what topics am I going to cover, what's going to be my subtitle, even my title, you get Publisher Rocket. It's a, it's a nominal $97 for the lifetime access to that software. I'm not selling it, but I just highly recommend it because it's so useful. And then what you can do is allow the titles and the, the keywords that people are actually searching, let those inform what your subtitle is going to be, what your pitch for the book is going to be, even what topics you cover, so that you have many chances of selling copies just by putting your book in front of people who are going to buy a book anyway. That is gold. <laughs> Joshua, for anyone listening that has ever thought about writing a book, that right there, like that is gold. That is a gift that you just gave them. Um, I mean, for me, that that was a gift to me. Uh, that's, you know, I have shared on the, on the show that um, I've been in a... Um, in a in in the process of writing a book for a few years now, I had started it a few years ago. Had to put pause on it for a little while because of some personal stuff going on, and and God clearly telling me that He was writing a different story that I was going to tell later down the road. Um, and so it's just you know, but that kind of stuff is is the stuff that no one is necessarily thinking about. Um, and I love that you brought up that it's not the clever title you came up with in the shower. <laughs> like that is, that is, I know that that could not be more true for so many people. And I bet that in the, in the line of work that you're in, you've heard so many people come to you with like, oh, I got this great clever title. And you're like, mm -mm, nope, nope, it's not, it's not going to work. That, that's right. In fact, I just talked to an author earlier today. She got a, a, a pretty, pretty solid traditional book deal with a mega publisher out there. Um, and her, her book, unfortunately, it, it kind of bombed a little bit. Well, not a little bit, it bombed a lot. And when they decided what, when they polled the readers who actually, who actually read it and asked, what was your hesitance to buying this book in the first place? They said, from the title alone, I had no idea what it was about. It was only because I saw a bunch of ads for it online, I eventually decided to buy it because I knew it was relevant. Now, so this author is now going about a totally different process with her upcoming books. And that's, let's do the keyword research. Let's find out what people are actually looking for. So what I've just shared with you, some of the biggest publishers in the freaking world have never even heard this advice before. Now, I, I have to also ask the question, and I know you kind of touched on this a little bit because you started off as, as an author yourself, writing for yourself. Have you published more books with like for yourself or have you just kind of found that this is really what you love is is helping other authors succeed in general um what has you know what has that journey been like for you yes yes so as not just a novelist but as a, a two-time published novelist i've completed at 20 a lifelong ambition for a lot of people kind of a, a bucket list you know it's it's uh, a vacation in the Bahamas, see the pyramids, write a book, <laughs> right? That's those, those three are usually at the top somewhere, tropical beaches, the pyramids and writing a book. And since I did that, not just once, but twice as a, as a young feller, I'm kind of at the point in my life now where it's most rewarding to help other people walk down this path successfully and creating those, those moments of revelation where we take a vague 
kind of a boring idea for a book and give it that exciting, persuasive spin on the topic that positions it right where we know readers are going to be ready to buy this thing. It's a rewarding experience for the author, and therefore it is, it is for me. So I guess you could say I'm kind of a, kind of a book midwife of sorts. <laughs> helping people down to get their, their bundle of joy into the world. <laughs> a book midwife. That is amazing. Well, it's funny because um, one of my best friends is a published author. She um, just actually published her second book back in August. And at her book launch party, I emceed the book launch party. And um, we had 120 people show up to this this book launch party. And um, I told her, I was like, hey, you asked me to emcee this thing. So we're going to do this my way. <laughs> and so I made everyone in the room sing happy birthday to her book and which she thought was hilarious because I was like I mean so many authors talk about how it is like birthing a different type of baby and so I was like well we're gonna sing happy birthday to it so (laughs) I love that you call yourself a book midwife that is that just further confirms my my understanding that it's like birthing a different kind of baby (laughs) And with with Ghostwriter, it's actually even more than that. I'm not only the midwife, I am the surrogate. Yes. Yes. We can really push this analogy. Like we could continue this analogy like <laughs> real far. Yeah, um, you know, when when authors work with me, that the minimum that they were that is required of their time and effort is an hour a week for for two to three months. That's what it will allow us to to get the full scope of the manuscript out of your head, your 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 heart, and get those stories, those impactful stories, those examples. If there's previous work you have, whether they're recordings of sermons or you've shared your testimony across podcast interviews or you've got a, you know online journal notes that you've shared, a blog, we can repurpose a lot of that material for the book. And it's just so refreshing for authors who've been who've been really stressing over and praying over a book for years and years and years to just hand it off to someone else, know that it will be taken care of, brought to term, it'd be a healthy, beautiful book at the end of that uh, nine months or so, which strangely enough is the average time it takes me to work with an author to produce their book. (laughs) So I, you know, I know that obviously you clearly as a professional ghostwriter, you work with a lot of of authors and and to write their books for them. Um, You also work with people who are interested in writing a book kind of on their own. Um, Is that correct? That's right. That's right. I have a done with you plan as well. This is, you know, you could call it manuscript coaching, book coaching, um, you know, whatever, whatever you'd like to call it. But basically you're writing your own book, but every section every chapter what we're doing is we're getting together on a regular basis having a live call where you basically will share here's what i want to write about we'll talk through how to structure that material best what the next chapter needs to be able to deliver you'll write that section and then we'll get back together and what we'll actually do here is we'll actually walk through step by step paragraph by paragraph even sentence by sentence how to tweak it how to shape it so you could say i'm ghostwriting live in front of you uh, to improve upon the chapter draft that you've just written down um, and just kind of brain dumped, as you might say. Again, no need to censor yourself because we know that even as raw as it may be, it can become wonderful through that professional guidance. So that's another way that authors work with me is kind of a, a done with you experience. I don't know if this is a question I can ask, but I'm going to ask it. And if, if you can't answer it, that's okay. 
what does that usually look like from a cost perspective? Like, is this something that people can, um, that there's ways to do it that's affordable for anybody? Or is this something that like somebody is going to be putting in, investing in a lot of money up front, whether it's because they're taking the ghostwriting route or sort of the coaching route? Yes, yes. As you can imagine, pricing varies greatly by the the scope. Some people, they already have a manuscript and they just need to kind of get it polished up a little bit and making sure that, you know, whatever works in the book, we emphasize that. What doesn't work, we rework it, we we, we play with it. That can be as low as 2500 for that complete blueprint for basically rehabbing a, uh, a, a down and decrepit book that just it needs some help to get to that next level. That's okay. We'll make it happen. Uh, that, that process is, is good for, for authors who already have a manuscript. They know it's just not quite right. And they just don't want to have to try to go through another edit by themselves. Now, if we're doing the full ghostwriting package, uh, I would usually say that that's, you know, imagine you're hiring a full-time online business manager or, or an accountant for it, full-time accountant for the year. Um, that's cost of, an, in terms of investment, probably pretty similar to that, depending on what your, your book is in terms of length, how many books are going to be in the series, that sort of a thing. But in addition to just the ghostwriting, I've created a complementary process to that, which combines the best of traditional publishing with the best of self-publishing. It's a process I call ghost publishing. With ghost writing, someone else does all the work, you take all the credit. Ghost publishing, someone else does all the work, you get all the royalties. What we do is we set up an independent publishing business. Yes, a real publisher that's in your name, you're the, you're the registered owner of this business, and it goes through all the traditional processes of a, a normal printing press would. Um, you get fantastic international distribution and reach, access to bookstores, libraries. Your book looks like the real deal. None of the amateur mistakes that we see doom a lot of self-published books out there in terms of the quality. And it's just awesome because at the end, you don't have a Word document you have to figure out what to do with. You have a book that's available for sale worldwide that people are searching for, they're finding, and they're buying. That's the most popular plan of all authors because it's the entire full-service experience done for them, even to the point that they have an audiobook that's produced and it's available for purchase for the audio, uh, people who prefer audio. Joshua, you are just such a wealth of knowledge. You are just... Uh, I'm I could ask you 700 more questions, um, but that would be that would be a really long podcast. So I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> but um, I am really just grateful for you kind of just sharing your wisdom and, and your experience. And I know that um, it, it's funny because every time I talk about writing, um, especially like on Instagram or something like that, I always get messages from people who say, oh, you know, I've always wanted to write a book or I've always thought about that. And kind of like you were saying earlier, it's like it's like that bucket list item for a lot of people where they say like, oh, you know, go to Mount Kilimanjaro and and write a book and um, see the pyramids. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's one of those one of those things for a lot of people. And so um, your your wisdom and experience um, and kind of guiding people along the way to achieving that dream um, is really, really valuable. So thank you so much for that. Absolutely. You're very welcome. I've been happy to chat with you today. You know, with, with working with the ghostwriter, I know a lot of people will be like, well, someone else wrote it. Can I really feel like it's mine? That is one of the benefits of, of this process that I've outlined here today. And that is 
you get to keep the pride of authorship. When you're talking about your book, when you're going on the interviews, when you're autographing it, it truly feels like it's you. It is your voice. We're the only ghostwriting company on the planet that uses a software-driven approach to make sure we're actually recreating your authentic communication style in print. So it really is you, your voice, your spirit comes across on every page, except you just don't have to do the heavy lifting of deciding where this adverb goes or where it doesn't. Does a period go here? Does it go there? What's the best way to tell the story? All those things that prolong the process, we take care of for you so you can get to the result of being an author faster, better, and easier than ever. Joshua, before we go, um, I just have a couple more questions that I wanted to ask you that are just kind of some fun, lighthearted, get-to-know-you questions that my listeners always look forward to. So, uh, Joshua, are you ready for the get-to-know-you round? I am. Awesome. All right, so the first question is, if you had to eat the same meal for dinner every night for the rest of your life, what would it be? It would probably be baked tofu with some variation of (laughs) hot sauce along with grilled mushrooms and onions and a side of guacamole. (laughs) Okay, so full transparency, the only two things I liked in that list were guacamole and hot sauce, but hey, I like it. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, think of it as kind of a a Mexican-Asian fusion where you've got the protein, you've got the carbs, you've got the healthy fats and oils all there. So it can sustain you, support your immune system, keep you healthy, totally plant-based experience. And it's got that zest in it. So you'll never get bored. <laughs> I like it. I, that's a, You're really being thoughtful about this. You're like, all right, if I'm eating the same thing every single day, it's got to it's gotta check these boxes. I like it. I like it. I'm a fan. Um, okay. So, you know, you have obviously checked off, uh, like we had mentioned, a pretty big um, bucket list item. Um, and a dream. What is a dream that you have that you have yet to achieve? Yes, I'm about 40% of the way there. So it's a dream in progress, a work in progress, dream in progress. So to, to me, I one of the, the, the biblical stories that I find meaningful on a deeper level is the story of Noah's Ark. What? God kills everyone in the world is motivational? How is this possible? <laughs> well, for me, the One of the the great lessons that we can apply from that story is to prepare well in advance for the coming catastrophe. And that is applicable even in modern life. Financial catastrophes, just unfortunate things happen. And so what we've done with our ghostwriting business is rolling over the profits into a real estate investment venture. So what we're doing is we're buying and rehabbing um, properties in working class neighborhoods, renting them out. Um, at a, a nice fair rate. And so our, our ultimate goal is to replace, or I guess not just but replace rather, but cover our annual living expenses for, for the family so that in the event of a, of a financial collapse or a catastrophe, or one of us is, you know, I'm no longer able to, to work something, you know, bad happens to someone in the family, uh, we will be okay. We will have an arc. That is really inspirational. I love that. And I just love that you... Um, you know, there's, it's a certain mindset. My husband's a financial advisor. And so he talks a lot about kind of that preparation um, financially and and leaving a, a legacy, not only making sure that you and your family are taken care of, but your kids and grandkids and all that kind of thing. And, and the, the financial impact that you can have um, on multiple generations, not just on, on this generation. So um, I love that. That's amazing. And the fact that you're 40% of the way there, Hey, I can't wait to, to hear when you do achieve that dream. Cause it's going 
going to be amazing. Yes, and and let's hope sooner sooner than later. That's why I'm, you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> I once I once saw a tweet that said um, the difference between a, a poverty mindset and a wealthy mindset is this: the poverty mindset, I'm planning for the weekend. A wealth planning, a wealth uh, mindset is I'm planning for my grandchildren. Mm. Yeah. Oh, man, we could do a whole podcast on that. Um, that's, that is good. Um, all right, Joshua, my last question. This is the question I ask all my guests. And that is, what does it mean to you in, in your life and in your vocation? What does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? A business with purpose is one in which you're not just having an impact on the people you're serving, your customers, your vendors, contractors, employees, but you're inspiring people directly with your impact to have an impact on the people that they're around. So imagine you're involved in your customers' daily lives. Does your interaction inspire them to be better, more gentler, more peaceful with their children, to have uh, an attitude of service, become helping hands in the community? So just in the same way as that we want to, we don't want to think about how can we have a most, uh, you know, fun budget blowing weekend, but rather how can we have create, create in, you know, a uh, multi-generational wealth. We think how can what we do in our business ultimately impact the lives of the people, you know, two connections away. And I'm able to do that as a ghostwriter because not only am I helping my authors create books that last, but the books are going to transform the lives of my author's readers. And those readers are going to take those lessons and they're going to apply them in their churches, in their communities, in their families, and in their businesses. That is so good, Joshua. That's such amazing advice. Um, Again, thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge with us and uh, for just um, for the work that you're doing to and I I love your perspective on on really helping people to craft a message that that leaves a a, a positive impact and that changes lives. And um, I know, um, obviously, I I don't know the work, the books you've written, but, um, you know, I I, I can say pretty confidently from from knowing a little bit about you and, and your story that the books you've written and helped other people write um, have have impacted lives and so you're leaving an incredible legacy and I just thank you for the work that you're doing they sure have and thank you Mo I appreciate the, the conversation today and it's been a blessing to share all of this with everyone who's listening today I'd love to know what you loved about this episode or something that you learned. If you do, let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. Thanks again to our sponsor, No Issue. Check out noissue.co for all your sustainable customized packaging needs. And don't forget that coupon code PURPOSE15 for 15% off. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. For your my regular listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you for your support week in and week out. For my new listeners, welcome to the show. Check out the archives for so many incredible interviews with people who are changing the world. Be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts and click that subscribe, follow button and leave a review. It really does help me to know how the show is personally impacting you and what you're liking. As always, this show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman, with support from Kelly Dalton and the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thanks so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose. Mm -hmm.